gliding shapes that violate every law of nature. It's the Horror Foria Podcast. Hi, can I help you? John Richards and Andy Gilly are talking everything and anything horror movies. Welcome to the Horror Foria Podcast. It is Friday, February 28th of 2020, episode number 51, broadcasting from our Make Believe Friend Studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly, it's the anniversary studios today right it is anniversary <laughs> studios that's right let's talk about that a little bit okay yeah. so we started this march 1st of 2019 right so that's coming up on sunday and i, I think the one i i gotta say thank you andy because this has been a lot of fun so far yeah absolutely i've been a blast in the last year doing this with you yeah it's been really creative and we actually have an outlet to talk about horror movies and it forces us to watch them because i know that you know i i was so inconsistent with watching them i'll watch them whenever i can but with this, it just kind of it, it, it's like appointment watching for me to go out and watch these newer movies or movies that I haven't seen for a long time and just discuss them. And it, it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think I've watched some things I wouldn't have watched otherwise. Uh, my opinion on horror movies has changed a little bit. I've had some. Uh, How do you mean? You know, I, I think it's 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 broadened my uh, enjoyment of them a little bit. Right. Uh, where I kind of was, uh, you know, focused more on one certain type of horror movie in the past. I, I've learned to like a lot more different kinds of horror uh, in the last year or so. It, uh, it's really uh, been a, a lot of fun, a uh, real fun experience for me, and uh, I really enjoyed doing it with you, and I think it really has made me a better horror movie fan, if you could say that. No, I agree. I, I think, you know, for an example of, I, I'm with you, I mean, as far as taste changing around, mm-hmm. uh, like like a movie like Midsummer, mm-hmm. I may not has may not have enjoyed as much a year ago right. as I do now. Um, you know, and it's movies like that. And I kinda like putting that critical eye to something because you're looking for everything, but you also still get that enjoyment out of it. Oh, absolutely right. And I, I would have never workout. yeah, and well, absolutely killer workout was <laughs> I mean, yeah, I needed to bring that to your life. So and wait till we get to Veronica this year, boy, you're gonna love that. Uh but no, I mean like a movie like um like the uh, the whaling, I probably wouldn't have watched that. Right. And even though I didn't like it that much, uh, just because of the time factor, uh, I wouldn't have watched it. But it, there was I, I learned I appreciated things about it, and I learned to appreciate things about that that kind of movie that I wouldn't have uh, really probably done before. I would have probably shut that off about after about an hour. Yeah, it's like oh gosh, <laughs> you know? I'm done with this. Yeah, right. absolutely. I can go do so. something. I can go on the treadmill. Yeah, yeah, like, right. Like when I, can I texted go on the tread- you about this movie, <laughs> yeah, I'm on the treadmill. Yeah, that's uh, that's where I watched part of this movie. So. Nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, we've we've met a lot of cool people. We've had some good conversations with other people. Kessler, oh, sure. Brad, the uh, the uh, straight chilling guys. All you know, almost everybody on. I think almost everybody on that show, the major players in we that have. show. Yeah, we've had them all on. You know, yeah. I love the fact that it's also brought us closer to our coworkers like Kessler like mm-hmm. Brad and being able to bring in them in bringing that kind of different perspective and add more to the conversation about about these movies that we're watching and it's weird because before we did this I didn't realize how many horror movie fans we actually had in this building yeah. and it also broadened like you said the straight chilling guys you know those are those guys are good friends of ours now yeah. and we're all part of this smaller community but realizing that horror is such a broad thing so i'm looking forward to the next year so many great movies coming out so many interesting discussions that we're going to have and i'm hoping to expand 
our, our reach uh, of friends and, and anybody that's listening to this right now with another podcast, reach out to us. We'd love to have you on, you know, yeah, so definitely. we can talk about movies. Uh, we started this thing. It was almost like a hodgepodge of different movies. You right. know? It was really a discussion about this movie and that movie and this movie and right. that movie. But then we kind of refocused ourselves. You know, we, we started out calling this the... Um, the weekly horror scope. That's right. We and did. then you I'm came up with this that. brilliant name <laughs> called the Horror Foria podcast, and it just rolls off the tongue, and that's what it's been since. So, I mean, again, we want to be a part of everybody else's community, so please reach out to us. Uh, we're going to have more guests on. We're going to be ta- having a lot more discussions, and uh, yeah, it's fun. I think I'm looking forward to the next year, so it should be a lot of fun. For sure. Horror movie news. All right, horror movie news. I, I read an article on the tech website io9, actually, about Invisible Man this week. Uh, apparently, Lee Wannell was in, uh, in a meeting about a, the action movie Upgrade. Have you seen that one? It's actually... I've heard about cool. it. Yeah, it's kind of a cool movie. When one of the, the people in the meeting started talking about the Universal Monsters brought up Invisible Man and what he'd do with that character, uh, he told them he'd tell the story from the point of view of, a vic- of the victim and uh, found that he'd actually aced a job interview. Really? <laughs> so they were they were looking for someone to to do this, and uh, that was kind of their way of uh, trying to figure out if he'd fit uh, what they were looking for. Jason Blum called the uh, called Universal, and he related that uh, I immediately was excited about it. Uh, he told Io9, I called Universal. I said, Hey, you know, I know you guys are doing the Universal Monsters separately now. Would you guys consider letting us use the Blumhouse model to do one of these movies, particularly Invisible Man? And they said, No one's doing that. Absolutely. <laughs> So I found that really interesting uh, that this wasn't something that started out attached to like that universal monster uh, world. Well, you had talked about that. You you mentioned it in in news before that they were going to like open up with this whole universe or they had plans, universal planned on doing the monster universe. They still do. Yeah. I mean, I think this is still in effect, even though mummy really crashed and burned i mean this was that was going to be their their opening to this whole universe yeah the, he's talking about the one from what 2017 with yeah, tom cruise, tom cruise the, right. the, the mummy mm-hmm. with brendan fraser was that back in the 90s was that yeah, was in the 90s that was right. actually kind oh of that was a huge hit that yeah. that was a huge hit but it, it had nothing to do with what uh, they're talking about doing now uh-huh. um i mean I, I think they're talking about you know dracula i heard and obviously wolfman uh, cre- I don't know if Creature of the Black Lagoon is part of that, uh, but you know those kind of monsters. They wanted to make like a universe, and then back in the fifties and sixties, they had like uh, werewolf versus uh, Dracula movies and stuff like that. I think that was where they were trying to go with this. I'm not sure where that's at because uh, n- none of the ones that they put out have been successful. Mummy yeah. was just uh, really pretty bad, I guess. I haven't seen it. Uh, this one looks really good. It does. And I, mean, I, and I was Elizabeth. like, oh, maybe they got it figured out now. But really, it has nothing to do with that universe. It but was, also, I, I read something adding to it. Maybe you already heard about this, is that this is actually um, the direction they took it is is kind of of the times, yeah. the, the Me Too movement. Oh, oh yeah, with the Invisible uh, Man, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, I mean, yep. if you've seen the trailer, is that Elizabeth Moss is your main protagonist, you know, t- saying, hey, my husband isn't dead. Um, you know, I'm being harassed or I'm, you know, he's trying to kill me and people aren't believing her. So right. it's, it's very topical on what, what's been going on here in the past two or three years. Yeah, I, I've seen, a, I think, a couple of trailers for this and it, I'm really interested to see it. So I am too. I am too. And it's R-rated too. So Yes, it is. <laughs> they won't hold back on the gore. No. Nice. 
Eli Roth uh, is set to direct a movie version of the Borderlands video game. Darn it. It's not Thanksgiving? Yeah. No, no, he's not doing Thanksgiving. I know we're hoping for that. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be not really horror, but it should be pretty violent considering the source material and Eli Roth. Uh, I've never actually played the Borderlands video game, but I think it's a first-person shooter, and it's uh, about some kind of big companies who try to fight for different planets or something, so could kind of cross over, like the Doom movie kind of crossed over into horror. So. I, see, I have no idea. I've, I've heard about the game, but I've mm-hmm. never... Yeah, had any kind of interaction with it at all. Well, we'll watch for the trailers. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Jordan Peele's Candyman trailer came out this week. Yes. Uh, new take on the 1992 Clive Barker, Bernard Rose uh, movie starring Tony Todd returns to Chicago and to the Cabrini Green area of Chicago where the original took place. In the trailer, it appears that like an artist has uh, returned to Cabrini Green and he does something that looks like uh, awakens the Candyman. Yeah, I mean, you see multiple people doing it. I mean, this looks like it's going to be so much fun. Oh, yeah. And I'm excited so gory. About it. And I love, I mean, I've watched the trailer twice, and you don't necessarily see the Candyman. You see the hook and everything, but the right. voice is That's Tony, Tony Todd's Tom. voice, for sure. <laughs> I am know? so excited about that. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to reboot it, bring back the OG, you know? Oh, it, it it looks it looks pretty awesome. I mean, just just in the trailer, I'm very excited about it. And Jordan Peele, oh, I mean, man. Yeah, I've he, loved everything he's he's done. So, for sure. uh, very excited about that. That's really it for horror movie news this week. Did you know he produced that show? Um, well, <laughs> I just drew a blank on it. Uh, the uh, uh, it's the one with Al Pacino where they're hunting Nazis. The oh yeah, the hun- one. Hunters isn't that? What yeah, that's it. Or? Okay, Hunters. Yeah, yeah. He's uh-huh. an executive producer on that. I did not know that. That was great, by uh-huh. the way. Huh, I watch oh. it. I think you did tell me about it. Yes. Good show, by the way. Sorry, it's not yeah. horror. Uh, okay, here's horror movie trivia. Actor Ro- Miles Robbins, he is the son of Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins, acted in another blockbuster horror movie in 2018. What was it? Um, you told me about the, him being the son of Tim Robbins, and uh, but and, and I can see it now. Yeah. You know, after you said that, that's but I I um. 2018 horror movie. I can't think of anything else he was in. What is it? Halloween. Oh, really? The really the uh, he the plays the hipster really. dummy boyfriend. Oh yeah, pretty, pretty good kill scene. That in was there. a pretty good kill too. Yeah, if I remember. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, Mary Stuart Masterson, who plays Luke's mom in Daniel Isn't Real, got her start at the age of ten playing Kim Eberhardt in this horror movie about robotic housewives. 1975. Oh. Gosh, it wasn't necessarily a horror movie, was it? Yeah, it was the, kind of. It, Stepford, I think it's kind of Stepford uh, Wives. Yes, the Stepford Wives. I, I think it's kind of a thriller, uh, but I, I would say it's pretty pretty horrific. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, yeah, the original was uh, the the remake they did. Like, uh, was it early? 2000s? Yeah, I never saw that it was one. Terrible. Was it? That's what I heard. I, I've never seen the remake, but uh, the original one is is a little bit horrific. I think. Yeah. I, I think it, it's a thriller. And I think we, you know, you know, can get in again. You can debate what is horror, but uh, I think it kind of qualifies. So for sure. Okay, so we get right into it. It's Andy's chainsaw synopsis. Yes, I don't know. This is not my best work, but Luke's imaginary friend Daniel almost made him kill his mentally ill mother years ago. Now to deal with a crisis in his life, he once again turns to Daniel to help him through his troubles. Daniel's help, however, may cost Luke his soul. Ah, yes. I love that. That was very good. You kind of tied in what what we find out later in the movie. Right, exactly. This is your spoiler alert. We're going to talk about Daniel Isn't Real from 2019. Came out late 2019. 
Yep. Um, yeah, I actually had this at number three on my top uh, tw- uh, 2019 movies. Um, I had it beneath Midsummer, so Midsummer was two. I'm trying to think what was um, a lighthouse was four. So four, yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I still think I, th- I, I agree. I still think that stands. I'll, I'll, I'll keep that. You're holding on to that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I found a lot more I didn't like about this movie in in the second viewing, and after I thought about some of these things, which we'll talk about. Um, it's not. It's definitely a flawed movie. It's got some real problems. But it does. Uh, um, that was my initial thought. This is my first watch. Um, I don't. I don't know if it was because you did put it so high for your 2019 top five. Yeah. But I, I found myself disappointed quite a bit. Really? I, okay. I got. I got quite a bit of enjoyment out of it. Yeah. I mean, there were some fun things, but it. I don't know. It just didn't really resonate with me. So tell me this. The first two thirds in the movie you loved and the last third is what wrecked it for you? No, there were some problems in the middle too. You think so? Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I, I, some of the twists and turns, and again, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about this movie in its entirety. If you have not seen Daniel Isn't Real and you want to, pause the podcast, go watch it, find out what we have to say about it. I think there was there were things throughout the movie that that really caught me that i was Mm -hmm. really interested in yeah um let's start with the beginning i mean it was this kind of cosmic yeah i mean what it is that's that's you know that's exactly what i wanted to talk about it almost looks like event horizon or something yeah it's it's yeah it almost felt like it was going to go sci-fi for me and that's the way it it, felt at the very beginning it it, I, i liked that it was a it was a really ominous, swirling bunch of color. It was like it was the abyss, you know. Yeah, I, I put cosmic opening, kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it. I, I liked that. It, it, it was really unsettling, and it's like uh, you know, some level of hell or something you're looking at. And I think that is what it's maybe supposed to be, considering the end of the movie, um, or maybe like a, I don't know, a, a visualization of Daniel himself as to what his actual form is eventually. I don't know. Um, it's unsettling though. It's like a power you can't stop or something, you know, that uh a constant. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's it's like this massive power. Like if I'm uh on my way to Elon Musk's Mars base and I see this thing, I know I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, impending doom. Exactly. So I I think it really kind of set the tone for the uh movie. It's really kind of uh a dread and uh and a ominous massive scary thing that you can't stop you know? i thought the color was beautiful too I mean, yeah, it was it just kind of like and, it and it didn't take me out I, I i didn't know what i was really getting into because yeah. i didn't really read a whole lot into it i think that magenta kind of did represent daniel too well you got to think about this too coat um, and everything later on yeah, exact same color spectra vision yeah. Elijah Woods uh, production company did this. That's right. And so they, they do a lot with colors. Mandy and yeah, yeah Mandy. That's right. It's true. And, and a bunch of other movies. It's just very visual, visually stunning. So I yeah, yeah it, it was awesome. Um, there was the you told me about it even before I watched it. Yeah. The Wait movie, until you see the diner scene. Yeah, I mean the movie opens up in this cafe. It looks like a normal day at the cafe. Waitress asks if a customer is reading at the counter wants a refill. Uh, she's getting in from it, and this uh, guy goes into the cafe with a shotgun and starts shooting people. I really like this scene because I think it really drove home the terror of this kind of real-life violence without being exploitative. Uh, we see three people actually get shot, I think. 
And I saw one, and I, then you saw the waitress just drop, drop down behind, right? You know, in shock. So I think three actually is three people who get shot because it's the guy who's she's getting the coffee for, mm. and then he shoots like two more people uh, that are like to the right side of the screen, right? But that's all we see, and I think it's like CGI blood effect or whatever. Uh, on, but you see this like spray of blood come out from two other people, and then yes, it drops down to the waitress, and um, and I thought, and then you just hear. Like the terror of this happening, just a whole bunch of yeah. shooting, and uh, yeah, it was a shocking, violent, scary scene that really portrayed what it was like uh, to be a part of that kind of awful violence. But it didn't like make us watch every murder or get overly gory or something. That wasn't, uh, I think, that wasn't what the scene was trying to show, and it could have quickly got real sickening or taken you out of the film if it was done the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I thought the director really did a good job of giving us the impact of that. While being sensitive, yeah. But yeah, but not treating the subject in like a real insensitive way or trying to show us some kind of glamorous way of depicting this violence at all. No. It was, I, I thought it was really, uh, it, it really was, well done. It was an effective scene, you know, and it got me more into the movie. I'm just like, okay, so where yeah. are we going here? So we went from sci-fi to somebody just coming in with a shotgun and, and taking people out like we see in real life. Right. You know, and, and, and news. Yeah. Uh, we go to a house. We see some parents arguing. We go to find out it's the parents of our main character, Luke. Yeah, and they're and they're arguing about uh, the the woman doesn't want to continue her mental illness treatments. Yeah, and uh, they're having a fight about it, and she starts throwing things. Um, and uh, Luke, I think, does he take a walk then and, and happen upon this cafe? Yeah, that, he he's there right after it happens. He he right. walks a couple of blocks. It happens, you know, just a little bit away from his house, mm-hmm. and he sees the waitress. Yeah, so that was the waitress. Yeah, right? that, I think it was the waitress. I'm pretty so sure that's that was what I thought too. Deceased, and right. you know, just kind of stares, and it's just it's and, bloody. Right, and that's when Daniel shows up. Yeah, so shortly we, thereafter. I mean, in it was kind of strange to me is that that you know he's got this he's got this little doll, but. All of a sudden, he's got a friend that he's playing on the playground. Mom comes out there and says, hey, uh, we got to go somewhere or whatever. And uh, Luke goes, hey, here's my friend Daniel. And and mom does what a parent does and looks mm-hmm. not where Daniel is. And is like, hey, Daniel, would you like to come in? And Right. So, it, you know, it appears that to everyone but Luke that Daniel is just an imaginary friend. Yep. And, uh, you know, they play together. It seems quaint to people. Yeah. Uh, there's like a montage kind of where he's sword fighting with him and stuff. Uh, Play montage. Yeah, it's kind of a montage. Um, but then uh, you kind of see Daniel, that Daniel becomes kind of an uh, an insidious force. He's, he's, he's kind of uh, helpful at first, you know. He's, he's uh, you know, playing with Daniel, kind of picking up the slack for... Uh, the loneliness that he feels or whatever. He has no friends. And he has no friends. Right. And you know, he's, he's got all this stuff going on in his life. Obviously he's, he's got, uh, you know, some issues and, uh, Daniel seems to be kind of helping him through that, you know, but then he, uh, starts becoming kind of an insidious, uh, influence on him. Well, duh. I mean, he, he, (laughs) he goes into the, the drawer and grabs a, bottle of pills that are right. obviously uh, Luke's mom's yeah. and she's making some sort of protein shake and they just dump all the pills in right. there. Well, what do you, he, he told Luke that he, his mother would become a superhero if, oh, that's right. if yeah. he mixed all of her uh, psychiatric medication into the, into the smoothie. Well, obviously this almost kills him. Kills her, I should say. 
and <laughs> then uh, they decide that uh, he, he decides obviously that that this is a bad influence. It was mom. I think his mom is the one who who says he needs to stop playing with Daniel. Right. Well, she, yeah, she gets so sick, but she survives. Right. And she mm-hmm. she scolds Luke and says, "Look, here's a. <laughs> this is weird. Um, it was just this." this creepy looking dollhouse right and hands daniel or luke the key and says you need to lock him in here yeah that that was interesting i mean i don't know where that came from or what it was his i mean it was really cool it was cool it was cool i don't know why detail you have a you you have an only child who's a boy and you have this giant dollhouse i don't know i i mean maybe it was hers Maybe I mean she okay, so obviously his mother deals with a lot of mental illness problems and stuff. Maybe this is a something that she some way she dealt with her problems is to lock them in this house or whatever. But he actually does, you know, Daniel disappears from his life because he locks him in this dollhouse right. and, and there's a key and he locks him in there. Mm-hmm. Um so fast forward probably twelve years and Luke's in college. Uh, his mom has kind of succumbed to her mental illness. She's yep. like cutting things out of magazines yeah. or whatever and they have a conversation the on the house phone. is I really I liked the house here. I thought the house did a really nice uh was a really nice representation of her mental state. I agree. I, I, I think it, it showed that she she's pretty much hit rock bottom because she's taking books. And just cutting them randomly and saying there's messages in between right. the words. Right. So she's cutting out what she sees as the messages. And, you know. The house is kind of a, like a classic Victorian or it whatever. And it's got like Tiffany lamps and things in it. Yeah. And or like, you know, I don't know if they're Tiffany lamps, but replica Tiffany lamps. And uh, this is all, you know, very well organized and stuff when the movie opens when his father is there and it's become kind of a hoarded shambles yeah. uh, in the in the next 12 years. And I think it does a really good job of kind of re- representing the mother's mental health. Um, she hates her reflection for some reason. I never did really determine why. She said she doesn't like what she sees. I think it's yeah. just because it's kind of overwhelming her. So she breaks all sure. the mirrors or scratches right. them it's up. Like scratches them up yeah. is, is what I thought. Yeah. So... Uh, some kind of issue with her reflection. So obviously not doing real well. This is just a bad time in most men's lives. He's a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, well, like going into college, you're done with high school. You're confronted with all the realities of life. I, I mean, I remember it being a really hard time for me. Right. Um, you know, and, and so he's having a tough time. I and mean, he doesn't have much of a social life right now. Yeah. Um, he's, he's really, you know, I... I I, I feel where he he's at. It's it is almost like and and he's worried about his mother. He's kind of become a caretaker for his mother, and he's worried about his own mental health. I think because you know it's it's known that this can you know uh, you can inherit these kind of things. Yeah, and that's uh, well, and he says that quite a few times. Yeah, I mean, and it's like he goes to this club, right? So this is after the interaction with a mom, and she's obviously not doing well. So he goes to this club like a high schooler does. He does make mention. He's like, you know, I this is the time where I'm thinking about sex and I'm thinking about getting drunk. And, right. and you know, I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm thinking about who I'm going to become. Right. So he goes to this party or a club or something and he just starts hallucinating and just faints. You know, he sees these demonic creatures and, you know, it was like, OK, so what's going on here? So he ends up in his uh, psychiatrist's office mm-hmm. and telling, you know, obviously, you know, somebody that he could trust saying, hey, look, my mom's not well. 
I feel like this is going to happen to me. Um, and then he starts talking about his childhood. Uh, you know, did you have any friends? He's like, well, I had one. Well, know? yeah. And he, he actually, um, his, his counselor does get asked him. And that is where he, he makes the, actually says that he's, he really worries that he'll become like his mother. Right. You know, which I think is, uh, uh, that's a common uh, concern to become like your parents. I oh, guess. sure. You know, you don't want to come repeat their mistakes or whatever. Uh, you know, ha- have the problems that they have. But, um, you know, the, the yeah, the counselor has asked asked if you ever had any hallucinations or whatever. But then he fails to admit that there was ever a problem. He said, "Is was there was that a problem?" Or he said something like that. And he said, "No, no never caused any problem." I think he said, "Did that ever cause any problems?" And, and oh, yeah, Luke, yeah. Luke says, "Nope." So he just then the counselor, oblivious to that, tells him to connect with his imagination again. Yeah. <laughs> so that you know might have been some good the uh, whole pill incident in the uh, blender might have been some good information to him to, yeah. for him to know before he told him to go connect with that again. Yeah, he says you shouldn't be afraid of your imagination. Right, that is what he says. So, uh, and he's missing some information when he says that, uh, and it ends up costing him dearly later. It but, really uh, does. Yeah. So he ends up back at home. As watching TV with his mom, everything seems to be fine. So he, he can't sleep and he finds the dollhouse again. Mm-hmm, right. You know, it was like a revelation to him. He pulled the sheet off of it and finds the key and unlocks Daniel. Yeah. Well, and we, I don't think Daniel doesn't show up right away. He unlocks the door, right? He pretty much does because it, well, basically he hears his mom stirring around. Right. His mo- mom has this psychotic episode. Yeah. Walking around on glass, all cut up. Right. She locks herself in the bathroom. Daniel or kicks the door in. Luke, Luke, yeah, I always say that. Yeah. <laughs> Luke realizes what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. like this could be it, and it was. Yeah. I mean, he was correct on his assumption of what was going to happen. Oh yeah, because she, she has what, giant scissors. scissors. Yeah. She has a huge scissors. She's threatening to kill himself. Uh, now we do see this is where the fir- where Daniel first shows up. Yeah, right? he's in a bathtub. He's sitting in just kind bathtub. of pentificating there. Yeah. He, it's it's actually a great intro for him. He's just sitting there. He's an adult now. Yeah. It's, so it's, so Daniel is Patrick Swar- Schwarzenegger. This yes. is Arnold uh-huh. and Marie Schreiber's son. Right. Yeah, I, re- I really liked his depiction of Daniel, but we'll oh. get into that. I thought he was gr- I thought he was fantastic in this movie, and uh, I'll tell you why in a little bit. But uh, yeah, basically he guides him through this situation. Yeah, he says, "Take you the know, scissors, put them up against up your, your throat. throat," and then mom goes, "Wait, hold on!" Snaps out of it. It's like yes. my son's going to do this, and, right? Right. And she says to, to Luke, "I need help." Yes, he's so Daniel's being helpful again. And then he kind of talks Luke down, you know, he, he brings him some clarity and stuff about this and uh, he's being helpful, you know? Yep. Um, so then um, the, 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 he, he's already met the girl at the party that he. No, so, uh, he met Cassie, the the art girl. So Cassie's so, so like, she, yeah, she, she should be kind of like a girlfriend. She, she almost runs into him on a skateboard skateboard yeah, um, that's how he meets her he lost his wallet she brought it back to the house yeah. and he's like well i owe you a reward for this so. and daniel's guiding him through that too like he's telling him what to say yeah giving him confidence because he's so yeah. socially awkward he didn't right. have any friends he's new to college and he just he doesn't know what to think right but he but he met that uh um psychiatry and I forget what her name is. That psychiatry student at the party that he was at prior to that. That right? was a little bit later. Is it later? Was, that, okay. Actually, that was right after um, Cassie came over and brought his. Oh, mom. it was okay. No, That's no, no, because right. they go to an art show, or she asked him to come to an art show, um, and then Cassie comes running out of there. 
they go back to her place yeah and to cassie's place and you know have a great conversation and they're really starting to like each other yeah and there's this what was it the cat house or something like that that some yeah. piece of art that mm-hmm. she created yep um and you know again daniel's with luke the whole time right there's this painting that she did and and she's destroying it. No, well, and, she didn't destroy the painting. Yeah. She destroyed this art piece that she did, like the cat house or whatever it yeah. was called. Mm-hmm. But she, um, no, like Dan, uh, Luke's walking around the the apartment. Daniel's kind of whispering into his ears, like, "Ooh, that's a that's a really nice piece right there." Mm-hmm. Who is it? And Daniel knew. He's like, "Well, that's nice. her father. Oh, that's my dad." Right. That's so they right. have a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, like Daniel convinces Luke to grab a an old style camera pretend he's an art student photographer right and that's when he meets with uh sophie okay okay at so the, he had an, he, so he had the sex sex scene with cassie first though after that or was that after yeah it was after no because yes he, he has sex with cassie which is a really interesting scene like it's kind of praised for its depiction of consent uh, as as because he's like asking her if everything's okay and Is that stuff. Okay, and yeah. It, yeah, no, yeah. no, absolutely. So yeah. I, I think you know, and it's, it's that was a cool scene. I liked how they did that. You know, they, that was really uh, uh, and it was kind of it was praised for that. Like it, the, the, they uh, interviewed the director about that whole thing and, and how he had portrayed consent in that particular uh, in that particular scene with him and Cassie. And I think that happens first, right? Because he. Um, well, he because with goes, Sophie, he he has some doubts, and Daniel kind of tells him to. Daniel tells him, "What are you married to Cassie or what?" You well, know? no, that's later. Uh, what what okay. happens is is that they Cassie and and Luke have a great first date. Yeah. He goes home, um, you know he get he grabs the camera. He goes to this party, gaining more confidence as as Daniel is building his confidence up. Hey, man, you need to be like this or you need to be like that. He takes pictures of uh, Sophie. Okay, that's right. And, and she, you know, he's being really flirtatious and actually very confident. So she's kind of digging on him a little bit. Right. You know, it's later that he meets up with Cassie. So, so nothing happens between him and Sophie at the. Oh no, no, they do make out at the party. Yeah, I think that's right. He ends up throwing up and like almost passing out. In the that's bathroom. right. And this, <laughs> right. this to me, this is where I had a problem. Okay. Because okay, so if you're an imaginary friend, you're guiding this person's hand because he grabs a razor he makes daniel or luke grab a straight razor yeah. and put it against his throat and he comes too yeah so this is where you realize daniel's not so, so there's all benevolent. sorts yeah, absolutely there's all sorts of I, I don't think there's any um doubt that he's not an imaginary friend or some figment of mental illness in Daniel. I mean, there's a lot of clues that uh, give this away right away. That's not really a twist at the end, I don't think. Not really. Um, I, I think maybe, you know, it's plausible that there this is a this is a doubt in Luke's mind, but I don't think the audience uh, is really... Uh, there, there's just no way this guy is a figment of his imagination, you know? Um, I, I think there's a ton of clues that, that give that away. Right away, and that's one of them. You know, well, he 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 manipulates the razor. Yeah, he he texts someone. I think when he when he's out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he you know there there was a bunch of stuff actually. I have it uh, somewhere. Uh, it, he uh, he does all sorts of things that just could not be done by someone who's imaginary. just delusional yeah. or imaginary, right? So I don't think it was no secret what that he was some sort of monster or something like that at the end of this, and it just that did. Like, 
I don't know. We'll get to the ending, but the, the that's why I thought the last third of the movie was really uh, one of the things that was made it not as good. I guess is is how all of these clues. You, you know, this guy isn't just. Uh, in fact, I don't even think Luke is mentally ill. I think he's. I think he's like horribly influenced by this malevolent being throughout the whole thing. He doesn't have any sort of mental he, illness. He's not. I mean yeah. that that that's obvious to me. Right. Like like his mom. I mean it. it his mom, you find out later that she, this is her second time being institutionalized because back right. in college, she tried to burn down a college radio station. That's right. That's right. And mm-hmm. it's like, that, that's a conversation they have a little bit later, you know, as, as Luke is realizing that Daniel is not a good guy. Right. He's very manipulative and just, you know, he's making him do things. It's like, oh my goodness, what's going on here? Um, right. And, and I think that, comes to a head in this scene with Sophie because Sophie shows up to his dorm room. What's what's the deal with his roommate too? I don't know. Yeah. Like his roommate was kind of a useless character, I guess. It was he was just kind of there to get beat do up. Drugs? It, well, do <laughs> yeah. drugs and be, be kind of a be we, kind of the just the you know the. I guess he was kind stoner of stoner guy. I guess he, he was in it, in it. I think we've all had roommates like this that are a little bit annoying and you know <laughs> lazy a, maybe. Yeah. Um, well, he was he was kind of a. a a pig too, you know. He, he was showing Daniel or Luke the nudes that he had had received. Oh and, yeah, you know he was he was he wasn't a real great guy, but um, you know they, they go down into the into the steam tunnels, which apparently every university has. I never found the ones at my university, but hey, uh, they seem to always be in horror movies. Um, so. Sophie and her friend come over and Daniel saying things like, you know, get rid of this jerk and you can have both of these girls. And, uh, you know, they go down in the steam tunnels and, um, uh, Luke is kind of hanging out with Sophie or whatever. And, uh, uh, Daniel actually possesses him or gets into his body. Basically yeah, that, that to me was, I was, I was so like turned off by that. It was, it was dumb. Really? You know, the okay. face melt thing. And like he was merging with him, but right. ended up becoming Luke. So Daniel is the, the, the figment of the imagination, but for some reason he was able to get inside Luke's body. Yeah, it's because he's a demon. His body. I mean, it's clear that he's a demon from that. that you know, that, I mean, and that's why there was no twist. I agree with no, that. No, I don't think there was a twist here, and I, it wasn't like a big shocker when. But yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, the the effects on this movie. A lot of the effects are really good, but I was not a not a big huge fan of the uh, face melting thing either. Oh, no. But he basically Daniel possesses Luke. Yeah, he has really rough sex with Sophie. Yep. And then he beats the hell out of his roommate. Yeah, he comes so, walking in and he's just like, will you shut up? And just yeah. bangs his head. And then right. Sophie and the other girl are freaked out by, by Sophie actually hits him with a chair. Yeah. She's trying to stop him from harming the guy more. Yeah, so know? they basically think Luke is this psychopath, but it's right. actually it's actually Daniel. Daniel that has possessed his body that's doing right. this. And, and he's like, I want my body back. This leads to Luke being kicked out of school, I, I believe. He, he yes. gets kicked out of school and obviously Sophie he has wants nothing to do with him anymore. Um, and that uh, to me was a cool scene. Yeah, when when he met when he tried to catch up with Sophie at the try, class try to or, apologize to yeah, Sophie. Yeah, and she's like, "Just leave me alone. Just leave me alone." And then Daniel makes believe it's totally fake. Like her, like he cuts her throat. Yeah, and that's blood right. Squirts all over his <laughs> that's face. That's right. And, and he's it, like it screaming. Wasn't real. Like like that's he right. has a he has an episode where he's like, Ugh! And she's like, what's wrong with you? And it wasn't real. But <laughs> right, that's made right. him hallucinate that. That was a good scene. You're right. Um, 
So Luke realizes he he needs to get rid of Daniel at this point. And I think it's plausible to think that he thought this was a figment of his imagination at this point, even though we know it's not. Right. Uh, so he seeks to get some medication to mm-hmm. try to control this. because yep, goes uh, back to a shrink. Yeah. And um, he takes it. Daniel reacts. And once he takes the medication, Daniel starts screaming. He's uh, freaking out, you know. And it's all a ruse. It's all a ruse. There's a bit of a jump scare here because yeah. he he uh, kind of passes out on the floor and then oh. shows up behind him, yeah. and you realize he isn't harmed by it. And th- this is another thing I think that shows that he's he's not like a figment of his imagination. The, no, it's not him. It's right. not. It's not a part of him. It's it this thing attached to him, but it has no. I mean, there's no connection with them. Right. And it, it, exactly. And. I really this is where I kind of was really this scene was uh, where I where I realized that Schwarzenegger was doing an amazing job with this character. Uh, I really liked what he did. He's, I thought he was charismatic, but he was also menacing, you know, mm-hmm. at the same time. You, you kind of like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's definitely charismatic, but, you know, you shouldn't trust him. You know, you don't want to. You know, he's bad. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and what Schwarzenegger brought to the role uh, later on, Miles Robbins takes over the Daniel character. You know, he, he's you see obviously Daniel's inside of him and you see him try to play Daniel uh, at the end. And it, and uh he just doesn't bring what Schwarzenegger brought to the role. He's 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 like, it's like he's pretending to be Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> no. yeah, it's true. I mean, it, and, and that that was a great scene. I I think we missed something though. The the psychiatrist comes to uh, Luke's house and yeah. tries to hypnotize him. Yeah, uh, isn't that later though? Oh no, they but, go they yeah. go to the killer's house. You remember right. the person that got yeah, the, the, the shooter? The, yes, exactly. So uh, the shooter was named John. Right, and you so, know. For some reason, he has a connection to this to this killer uh, that that we saw at the beginning of the movie in the diner, Mm -hmm. and he's talking to his dad, right? The the killer's dad, and he's like, "Hey, does he have any drawings?" Right. Um, And there were, and he realized that. Okay, so it was John, and then he sees the name Daniel. Yeah, he's written the name Daniel on it exactly. So he uh-huh. realized he knows what's going on here. Yeah, and at it, that point, he d- he does figure it out. I think he figures out that this isn't just his uh, his thought, and you know maybe that's supposed to be the twist moment for us too. But uh, I think we'd already figured it out. I like think I if there was a twist, you were already starting to figure it out. It just mm-hmm. solidified exactly what you were thinking. Yeah, exactly. You, you saw that, and you're like. All right, just making sure I'm good. I, because mm-hmm. if you didn't, if maybe you weren't paying that much attention, you might have got lost a little bit mm-hmm. of, of what they were throwing at you. But they right. just threw it in your face right there. It's like, okay, you're right back where you need to be. You understand this movie, right? Exactly. So there's this uh, painting that Daniel also refers to. It's a Hieronymus Bosch painting called The Garden of Earthly Delights. I've actually seen this thing. It's in the Prado in Madrid, mm-hmm. in Spain, where I used to live for a while, and. Uh, it shows a bunch of people engaged in some kind of sort of like hedonistic behavior. Uh, on the right hand, hand panel, there's like, there's like three panels to this thing. I've actually seen it in the museum. And uh, on the right hand panel, it's like hell. And that there's this character that Daniel refers to himself uh, coming from. So he like point to, points to that and he says uh, something like kind of like this guy. <laughs> You know, so I think that's another clue that he's a, he's a demon. And then you know the um, book quotes that he's cheating helps Daniel cheating on tests. There's just no way this is coming from Luke's mind. Right. You know? He didn't study at all, but this guy's just trying to say, hey, well maybe you did, and you know it was just your your 
alternate personality studied these things. That's how you're getting these answers. Right. So, again, like you said, it's kind of plausible that you think, well, maybe he is a figment of his imagination and you don't know which way it's going to turn. But then you get those clues of like, nope, this is right. a, yeah, this is this is a demonic thing. Right. And so Luke figures this out. Daniel realizes that uh, he's got to do something about this and ends up locking Luke in the uh, locking Luke's soul basically in the in the dollhouse. Yeah, once he takes over once Daniel takes over Luke's body, he gets mm-hmm. he gets locked into this dollhouse. Right, right. So now he's in here. And I, I thought the uh, the inside of the dollhouse was a uh, that was kind of scary. It was there was good horror going on in there. I like the way they lit that and uh, the just the imagery there kind of reminded me of Phantasm a little bit. It, it did, and uh, I really like this scene where uh, he gets a like Daniel's. So Daniel tells him he's going to go to Cassie's house mm-hmm. and and do what what. Uh, so he he ends up killing that uh, that uh, psychiatrist. Yep, because the psychiatrist tries to use some sort of like. Um, some sort of exorcism on it or something <laughs> like a very you need to uh, talk to me d- didn't realize what he was really up against and the psych so the psychiatrist ends up like he has this dagger and uh he he brings daniel out and he meets daniel mm-hmm. and uh ends up uh, and that's how um that's how luke ends up trapped in the dollhouse too yes <laughs> because as soon as, as soon as daniel takes over the body it's like some osmosis thing where Luke gets stuck in there, yeah, like his soul or whatever, yeah. and Daniel was able to take over his body, right? <laughs> and and uh, so he ends up killing that psychiatrist, and he says that he's going to do what he did to the psychiatrist to Cassie. And while Luke is in this house, he gets this phone call. There's like a phone, like an old style phone. He picks up the receiver, and and it's Daniel talking to Cassie. You yeah, know? He, he can hear I the conversation. That was terrifying. That was like really scary. I, it didn't really do. Anything I really. I liked that scene because I, I there was just was it before or after that? Oh god, this one irritated. Like when he changed his face back to Daniel. Mm-hmm. It looked like Play-Doh. It, it yeah. was like, like, like he, he, he messed with his face, but he did. it was like he was moving around Play-Doh and then... I thought it looked like Silly Putty myself. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, something like that. It just, it looks so dumb. So I liked the, he shows his real face then too. Yeah. And, and, and like, in does that. Cassie has painted uh, Luke and, and you see this like shadow behind him with like this crown on it. Yeah. And uh, there, that's kind of a motif for Daniel because uh, Daniel has actually a necklace. I don't know if you noticed that or not. No. But there's like a necklace with like that four stake crown or whatever. Oh. on it that Daniel's wearing and uh, in some of uh, John Thigpen the shooter's drawings when he goes to see John Thigpen's dad uh, he's got this four stake crown or whatever on, on his head yeah. in these drawings that, that uh, John Thigpen has done and um, so you you actually see him he's like a skull with this like bone like this crown of bones yeah. sticking out of his head and uh, and you realize that's like his his actual face. So yep, exactly. Um, so uh, yeah, he, he's with Cassie, and then uh, Cassie actually figures out what he is. You know, because I think Luke has tried to warn her that uh, you know he he said you saw it. You know, you you saw what she had painted this. Uh, yeah. What? And she's like, no, I just you know it was the aura of you. And he's like, no, yeah. you saw it behind me. And she right. She's like. Yeah. Maybe, but I think he's a little crazy. So while Dan, while Daniel inside of Luke's body is over there, she figures out that 
that's true mm-hmm. that this has happened so uh, she chases him she chase, runs up to the roof of her apartment building or whatever and uh, there's kind of a uh, Luke is able to uh, get himself uh, inserted into the world kind of or whatever well, and uh, yeah he has a he has an interaction with what I assume was John yeah John right? yeah, like, I think it's the John demonic thing, version yeah. of John mm-hmm. yeah and he's like what's behind this and it was a brick wall and it's like that's the abyss, right? So he was able to break through the bricks and climbs through it and just he know, actually takes falls a leap, into it. Leap, leap of faith, right? And then he he's right where you know Cassie and 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 Daniel are, right? So he has this sword fight with Daniel. Which <laughs> what was wrong with this man? Why didn't you like it? I mean, it was there. There could be better sword choreography, but I thought it was a cool idea. No, I, I, you hated I, it or what? I, I did because it was just. That was their childhood thing. Right. I don't understand why it was like a struggle, because <laughs> it was brooms, and then you know the 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 once they picked up the brooms, it was a sword. But it's like their imagination. I that, get that. that, and that was great when they were kids. You know, right? I, I think it had. I I don't know. I bought it. I, I thought it was. I I thought the uh, sword choreography might have been better, but it it wasn't awesome. <laughs> I, I thought it was. An interesting idea. I, I, I didn't it hate took, it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't pinpoint exactly why it bothered me. It just, I, I was like, <laughs> swords. All right. Uh, well, well, I and, and so evil. so they have this sword fight, and then uh, Daniel actually wins the sword fight. He's got Luke backed up against the uh, the like the top of the building, basically the rail around the top of the building. Yep. And here's the thing: the real huge problem I had this, with this film is the very ending of it. Uh, I think some of the portrayal of mental illness in this film is really great. Uh, I think the horror of not having control and not being in control of your own actions really well depicted in this. Certainly. Uh, you know, and then there's that like that thing we talked about in the beginning and it's just kind of a, like this massive abyss that you can't stop, you know. Uh, terrifying. But uh, so the solution to this is he re- he bl- he realizes he has to kill himself. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, this is a trope in Hollywood for like suicide or, you know, f- to fix things. Uh, and and it, I, I think it's a real mess up with this movie where this movie did, I think, try it said some real positive things. It's like it depicted mental illness in a way that isn't usually depicted in Hollywood films. You know, I, I don't want to say said positive things about mental illness, but I, I thought it, it did a good job of showing the kind of problems that can have and, you know, what, uh, you know, how, how some people have to deal with that and stuff like that. What, what, what could possibly happen if you don't get help? Right, exactly. And, and that was depicted through his mother. Obviously, everything that had to do with him was a demon, but... Um, but, you know, the fact that suicide is is what uh, solves everything here is a real lazy Hollywood trope. And, and I hated that. Mm-hmm. You know, I really hated that. Um, and uh, Daniel actually says uh, he, he, he says, well, I'm going to Luke says I'm going to kill myself. And Daniel says you're not strong enough. I mean, that was a I had a real problem with that, with that being like the strong way out, like. You know, he he was making a strong choice to kill himself. I, I just I hated that part of it. I did too, and and it doesn't freaking make any sense. No, it doesn't. And and I I thought it was a re it was a really lazy ending. Like like I not, mean, yeah, you couldn't have come out with something stronger because it didn't matter. I mean, right? You know, Luke was a guy that that just 
he was so concerned about being mentally ill like his mom. And you, you take this chicken s way out of it. Yeah, I, absolutely. That is totally my problem. I, I have a massive problem with the ending yeah, of this movie. And, and it's because it didn't yep. matter because Daniel is not. Is, no. It, it's not an imagination. No, and he doesn't cease existing. He just stops, you know, he, he can't torment you. He's basically one. You yeah, know? he did. He absolutely, <laughs> he absolutely won. won, you know. So, I mean, and, if, if the director was going for something, well, you know, it's not always a happy ending. Well, you did it. Yeah, I'm sure that I, succeeded I, I, there, but. But it was not shocking. No, and it wasn't. It was, kind it, of it was gross. really lazy too. It was kind of gross. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. And the statement "you're not strong enough" that was irresponsible, almost. Oh, yeah. I think you know that that when you're when you've got this movie that the rest of it kind of depicts. Uh, you know, it's it's a different look at mental illness in a movie where, uh, you know, especially in the horror genre, we have a lot of very uh, you know negative depictions of it. Um, and uh, then to end this movie like this, uh, it really, I really had a huge problem with that. Yeah, I so. agree. I mean, the movie wraps up where it's like you see the demonic version of Daniel jumping into the abyss to go Find torment somebody, somebody else. else. Assume, yeah, uh-huh. or you assume. Yeah. So yeah, I think it it started. Out, I thought it started out really amazingly, and I was really engaged throughout the entire movie, probably until they got up to that rooftop. Yeah, well, I, you know, I. I got kind of taken out of it. Like it was probably, I think maybe during the hip, hypnotist scene yeah. where we got hypnotized sure. and just kind of, uh, you know, the way he opened his mouth and climbed in there. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I think, I think it really had the potential to say something about mental illness and it, it messed it up by both by having Daniel be a demon, which I didn't have a real big problem with, but then the suicide scene. Yeah. You know? uh, I mean, if, if we have Daniel be the demon, I, Okay, I mean it's it's a monster movie. It's not a movie about mental illness, but uh, the suicide just just took totally totally took me out of it. It yeah. wrecked it. So, well, did we miss anything? I don't think so. I think that's, that's the movie. No, I I I don't know, man. I'll start this off. I will um, say that uh, Schwarzenegger, uh, in preparing for this role, he said that he wanted to take the role because. Uh, he is a huge fan of Nick Cage, and he and he wanted to uh, he wanted to to, add, to to kind of channel Nick Cage in in this role. So, but really, I think you know he did a he did a better job than Nick Cage uh, would have done in this role. I I don't know. I thought he did fantastic. I, I thought he did really well, and I, and I thought what was one thing that was really great about him was the restraint he had he wasn't he wasn't over the top you know no he, he was he was very re- reserved yeah exactly and and it it worked really well like he he ramped it up to exactly the level he was supposed to when he was shouting and stuff like that and uh you know and, but it never went over into the ridiculous yeah. you know so I, I thought he did. He, he is really the highlight of this movie. And without him, I, I'm not sure that I, I would have enjoyed it as much. Yeah. Some of the imagery I, I liked. Some of it I wasn't a big fan of. Some of the effects kind of took me out of it. That Play-Doh face thing when <laughs> sure. he changed it. That uh, was dumb. Um, I don't know, Andy. I'm, I'm like really middle of the road on this. I'm going to go two and a half. Two and a half. I'm going to give it three. Three. Yeah, I still think it's it's one of the best movies of uh, 20, 2019. I, I stand I stand by that, but uh, 
I uh, and, and I did enjoy this. I was more engaged with this movie than Lighthouse. I, I love the Lighthouse. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I still think I, I stand by the the idea that it's a better movie. A very nice segue because that's what we're talking about for episode number fifty two next week. We will be talking about uh, Robert Eggers' second feature length film called The Lighthouse. Been looking forward to seeing that one. <laughs> You're gonna all that masturbation and drinking. It's, oh it's just it's like my freshman year in college. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, have a good weekend. Thank you so much for listening to the Horror Foria podcast.